This week's show is brought to you by Venice Beach Beverage. Try their delicious line of ginger teas with 100% daily vitamins in every can. And make sure you try my favorite, Black Cherry. Visit them online at venicebeachbeverage.com. The following episode is intended for mature audiences only. Listen to discretion is advised. Good night, mates. It's a man's world, but check the girl with the Mac 11, 187. Hit the switch front, back, side to side, corner to corner, pump you a corner. Don't fuck around and get rolled up, cause we got the west side sold up. Hey y'all, welcome. <laughs> Sorry, I was so focused. I was, you see, I was into this song. You see how I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pull this up. <laughs> so welcome back to another amazing episode on this frequency. Um, so how are y'all doing? Doing okay. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, we have a special guest today that I'll let you introduce. Um, but before we get into our guest... Um, Oh, we're just going to jump right in. Damn, I feel like I'm... Ah, You're ready. I'm ready. That I'm ready. shot of gin inspired yeah. you, huh? Well, it kind of like, mm. oh, I'm going to just chill a little bit, you yes. know? Yes, yes, yes. So apparently, it looks like the U.S. pulled out from Afghanistan. Mm. And I'm not going to get too into it because I don't have all of the details. And this isn't a news podcast. And I don't want to get, you know, hate mail later on. But... <laughs> Um, I think it's very devastating what's going on in Afghanistan. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, you know, they, I don't even know what to say about it, but hopefully they're able to seek refugee, refu- ref- yeah, refuge. Yeah, refuge. Yeah. And they're, they're working on something like that. And when I saw it this morning, just the images of all those folks trying to jump on a plane and then falling from the plane like that, mm-hmm. that's, that's something I can't even in any way, shape or form even just remotely fathom, begin right? to fathom yeah. yeah it's really sad but well that's the, that's what i have to say about that i thought it was really important to bring that up but um so let's move right along yeah it was definitely outstanding so today we have a special guest uh, she's a dear friend of mine i spoke about her in last week's episode about meeting uh, joe tory in uh, at dodger stadium with a with a hot dog yeah, in my mouth. And you know what? She mm-hmm. when when we spoke about the episode afterwards, she was like, "You forgot a very important element to the entire story, and that element was that I had a lot of onions on that hot dog. <laughs> so I had incredible onion breath. So of course, I'm not going to go say, "Hey, Joe, what's going on?" But so she's here today joining us. Um I like her middle name. Her name is Christine Eloise Garcia, a.k.a. Mad Dog. I'm so excited that she's here. Uh, she's going to be joining our main segment where we're going to be talking about women in the justice system. And on the right over here, there's a there's a beautiful song that I found a few years ago by Cody Chestnut called Chips Down. Uh, and a piece of the, the lyrics say, Imprisoned men and women can be reformed if they're around human beings that don't treat them like a disposable part of the dream. Mm-hmm. And it's such an outstanding song that spoke volumes to me after having some experience with individuals who have experienced things like that in their life. So I'm yeah. excited about that. Yeah, this is a lot great. to tell. She's a great storyteller, so I'm, I'm happy that she's going to be joining us. Um, so before that, we're going to get into moments of rage. Mm-hmm. Which is always a good segment and a very healing opportunity for us to knock those angry moments out. Yeah. And I'll start with mine because it happened today. Okay, go for it. Thankfully, because a lot of time went in between without having a moment of rage. But 
I was watching a show called Dave on FX. It's a comedy <laughs> series produced by Kevin Hart, and it's about Little Dicky the rapper, which I'm a huge fan of this show. It's very well written. Um, but I couldn't focus watch it, watching it today. Like, I had a lot of distractions around me. I had laundry that I had to put away. I hate laundry, damn and it. I was so irritated that every freaking commercial that was coming on was on eHarmony. It's like, find your match. No, stop telling me what to do. Why are you in my business like that? Why do you think I'm not harmonious with somebody already? You think they're trying to give you a sign? <laughs> I was <laughs> pissed. About? <laughs> I was pissed. And, and now even more infuriated <laughs> to find out that you watch the same show except you get totally different commercials yeah i get corona seltzer commercials Jesus. so that's, oh, hell no. that's really that's really funny i was pissed but the let me tell demographic you here. i was so agitated right <laughs> and then so i was agitated that my laundry was there i had no closet space my room was a mess oh god and so i did something strange i emptied like 95 percent of my closet like nice my clothes and my shoes and i donated everything oh good so what a relief right I think I always see that as a sign. So yes, because now I only have a limited amount of things I can wear now. So it's only like a few pieces of like a couple pairs of pants and a couple shirts and then whatever I have in my hamper. So be prepared to now only see me in the same clothes over and over again until I like decide to purchase something. I was just angry. I'm like, fuck these clothes. And as I'm taking everything out of my closet, I'm like, I'm remembering the memories that I had with some of some of these outfits. Uh and I'm like, man, I don't want this energy up in my life. Like, get out. Like, it, it was, it was a good my purge. moment of rage. Yeah, it was a good purge. But good that purge. was my moment of rage. So my moment of rage, it ha- also had to do with laundry, unfortunately. <laughs> so I've had a busy week. You know, um, it was my nephew's birthday. Um, we had Oishi Barrio. And just busy throughout the, with the podcast last mm. week, too. And um, so the laundry hadn't gotten done Mm. and then my husband so bless his soul right like he's trying to help me do the laundry but he had so from the previous week there was clothes in the dryer that was left hell no and then he had started the washer and then i took that clothes out of the dryer put the new clothes into the into the dryer right and then he started a new load, but when then I when I got home, it was still there. Shame so on him. So then I had to shame, rewash that. Shame right? on him. And wait, shame on him because he and I both have a mother who loves doing laundry. Yeah. My mother has an obsession with laundry. <laughs> like you have no, it's ridiculous. I told my mom, why don't you open up your own laundry mat? And maybe that's the the rebellion in him where he's like, I'm not gonna fucking oh, do I this. You know what I, I mean? Like, yeah. why would yeah, I do right. that? You're and right, you're so, right. but he was trying to be helpful, right? And so then. <laughs> So the whole weekend passes by, and finally I was able to get that clothes dried, blah, blah, blah. But now it's all sitting on a chair and in the basket, <laughs> and it's thrown all across the floor. It's going to be like that all week, watch. And it's still, mm-hmm. so this was yeah. what, this had started Wednesday, today is Monday, <laughs> and it's still there. And so now we're kind of just grabbing clothes out of the that's out of the basket, and we're wearing it. So that's it's, how it works. it's fine. Okay. So that's my little moment of rage. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm <laughs> Fuck with laundry. Shit <laughs> <laughs> should fold itself. <laughs> Um, but let's move on to um, Moment moments of love. Of love. Meow, meow, meow. I love moments in love. So my moment of, of love was this Sunday, as you were talking about, we had um, Hello Stranger who does a monthly open air market in Little Tokyo called the Wishibario. And you premiered your uh, Primavera Color Limon I shop. Did. 
for the first time there. Yes. So I'd never experienced this with you. Uh-huh. Your setup was beautiful. I loved Thank it. You. I was really proud of you. Thanks. But there was this nervous energy about you that I had never experienced yeah, before. I was, so, I was so nervous. I was shitting myself. And I I'm swear. like, what the hell is going on? And then I saw your eyes water up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, this broad's going to cry right now? Like, no. she's not even a crier. <laughs> and why is, Why are her eyes watering? <laughs> but it for me, sorry, for me, it was a moment of love because I recognized the the fear, the vulnerability, all oh, these yeah. mixed emotions, the yeah. good, the bad, yeah. in you being present in that moment. So, yeah. I mean, I was really proud of you. And so that was my moment in love. I Thank was like, you. look at my eyes watering good. again, but I'm not going to cry because <laughs> I do that in my alone time by myself. Wow. You know what I mean? So crying is very intimate for you. Oh, crying is super intimate. It's such a vulnerable moment. I don't cry around too many people about too many things. Mm. Um, I think that the last time I cried publicly was when I went to go visit my family in Mexico and mm. it was around my birthday and they had surprised me with the birthday cake. I Aww. it was really cute. But um that I think those moments are when I'll allow myself to cry. But if it's anything else like no, I'm good. I'm good. Got it. Um but my moment in love, um what yeah definitely Oishi Barrio and just how my family, my friends, the vendors, how yes welcoming they were and how nice people were and approachable and um approaching me with questions and wishing me luck and um so yeah all all of that was really good and and i don't know i want to say that it was unexpected but just not it wasn't something that i was totally like prepared mentally for. prepared for yeah, and I could it was tell. overwhelming you could tell it was overwhelmingly good so that was my moment in love everyone just showing me love and support Thank you, oh, everyone. the perpetual state of love. Mm, we love mm, it. Mm, mm. So, um, so let's get into the main segment, yeah? Yes. So we have a wonderful lady here. Her name is Christine. Um, and so I've never met you before. This is our first time meeting. Um, but how did you and Ricky meet? We <laughs> met at... Our workplace. Okay. Okay. At the time, I was hired as an administrative assistant. Okay. Okay. So that's how we met. But okay. she wasn't there initially when I first got there. Right. Oh, I see. So you. So she. So Ricky originally came into the job after you. I was on maternity mentioned. leave. I had already worked there, but yes. I was on maternity leave. Yes. And then you started there, and, and then you guys met. Yes. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. How long ago was that? That was fifteen years ago. Because Mia is 15 years old, and that's she's oh, the she was a baby. She was a baby. Oh, she was a baby. She was a baby. All right. So, um, so tell me a little bit more about. I guess I what I'm curious about, and the obvious question is like, tell me your story. Tell who are you? Mm. So, I. I will get emotional throughout this segment. That's okay. I am so sorry. No, I apologize okay. in advance. We're here to cry. But we always cry. No, I try not to, you know, because... Okay, Natalie, are you a Scorpio <laughs> too? No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I am not. But, okay, so what my story is mm-hmm. that I got into dealing drugs. Okay. okay? So I sold drugs mm-hmm. uh this was back in the 90s mm-hmm. okay and during that time mm-hmm. of course you know you're young yeah you don't care yeah you're partying doing your thing yeah. 
invincible. Yes. And so I got kind of into this lifestyle, you know? So for me, it was so easy. It was so easy. Everything came easy, you know? Money was flowing, Mm -hmm. you know? Never seen, you know, money like that. Yeah. Had everybody, you know, hey, everybody was my best friend, you know? Okay. So during that time, um, I still had other little, um, I was a hardhead. You yeah. know, I had other little like misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. I had warrants against me mm-hmm. prior to me getting into this lifestyle. So I was bound, it was bound to catch up to me. Okay. And during this time, um, that's what happened. So never did I get caught up selling drugs Mm -hmm. but during that time i did get locked up for these warrants that i had Uh, so so it had nothing to do with the actual selling of drugs it was for something completely different but yes so Mm. i'll get into that so okay so when i started you know going to the county jail for you know a week here a week there Mm -hmm. um it kind of caught up with me so at that point it's like okay i got dry yeah. There was no money there. An yeah. opportunity arose, uh-huh. you know. Had a friend say, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? I need you to, I need somebody to do a run for me. Mm-hmm. I need you to go into Tijuana. Yeah. Go into Tijuana. Um, and you're going to bring some stuff back, right? Mm-hmm. At the time, you know, um, didn't know what it was mm-hmm. until after the fact. Mm-hmm. After the first you know, the crossing, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, which they don't, they initially don't tell you. They don't want you to right. know what it is. You don't want to know. Right. And and my purpose was because, okay, I needed to get back on my feet, get back on, on my game. You need to make money. Right. And and that, that was it. Yeah. So I did that a few times. And the last time I did that, and mind you, I didn't have a need to do that. I was doing it then after the first time as a favor, you know. As a favor. Didn't have... Yes, they didn't have nobody to do it for them. Okay, fine. I'll do it. I've done it before. No, let's yeah. do it. Easy yeah. work. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I get caught up, you know, mm-hmm. got cracked at the border. Ooh. And that's when my federal case came Wait, into Wait, can play. we talk about how you got cracked at the border? So explain what happened. So you're crossing the border. Yes. In a car. Truck. Truck. Yes. You have a stash. Yes. And they're checking your documents when, you, and that's w- what happens. Well, they didn't check any documents. They just literally sent me to secondary. They knew. Yeah, secondary. Oh, That wow. was it. And then at that point, oh, you know, the dogs come, mm-hmm. sniff it out, mm-hmm. and then you're gone. How old were you? Um, This was in nine, no, in 2000. Okay. So I had to have been 25. 25, 20, okay. Okay. Like, yes, 25. Um. So that's when I got my case. How how old were you when you first started selling drugs? It wasn't that you remember too far back. Okay. It was not too far back from that from when your right. case was open. Right okay. now, I had always been around. Uh-huh. You know that uh-huh. because the people at the time that I was with mm. sold drugs, so mm. I knew of and knew what to do and how it ran and you know mm. all that good stuff. Okay, so. Okay. After that, I was able to bail out, right? Okay. Bailed out and um, had to go back and finish my case. Yeah. Um, didn't go in my favor. And mind you, the system 
honestly, if you don't have money, you're screwed. Yeah. You know, you're screwed. Yeah. Um, no matter what anybody says, you know, mm-hmm. these public defenders, they don't really defend you. They yeah. really don't. They don't put any effort at all. So wow. being a female mm-hmm. and going through this whole, the whole motions and stuff like that, it's very, um, it's deceiving. For mm-hmm. me, it was, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because you have these high hopes like, oh, man, they really eat. They right. care. They right. care. Right. They mm-hmm. really don't. They really don't. They want to see you fail. Wow. But going back to not having like not having resources or not having money. Right. What uh, what led you to to do to do that period? Like I imagine you became a product of your environment. This is this is what was around you. This is what you saw this you you were bound to do those things you were bound to make those choices because those were the examples and the references that you had in your life on how to operate do you agree yes because had you had different examples maybe you would have gone in a different direction or felt that you could have had different things or made different choices well to be honest i think that had i had not the per- i can't say the perfect family okay yeah had I had, you know, both of my parents, my my mother always worked. Mm-hmm. She was never at home. She worked nights. She worked the graveyard shift, you know. Mm-hmm. So she was never at home. My, fr- my father was a drug addict. Mm-hmm. So he also wasn't home. He would mm-hmm. leave us, you know, with family members just yeah. so he could leave and get high or do whatever. Yeah. So um, if I had the stability the support yeah. um, of my family, of my parents. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't think that it would impact me so much. And I say this because of the area, yeah. the people I grew up with. You know, yeah. we didn't have money. So it was always around. Right. So for me, it was easy. I know a lot of, of people that I've met throughout the years mm-hmm. Um they had their parents. Mm-hmm. They had everything. Mm-hmm. And still, they're sitting in a cell, you know, mm-hmm. two doors mm-hmm. down yeah. or what have you. So, so the, the fact of having parents doesn't necessarily mean you're going to thrive better. Or, exactly. or having a stable life doesn't necessarily mean. It's just a different type of pain. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. a different type of desire that you're looking for and a different type of outlet that you get into. Yeah. Got wow. it. Yes. Do you have siblings? I have one. Okay. And so if you don't mind me asking, like, <laughs> what type of life is... Uh, I love Dan. Brother or sister? Both. <laughs> He's both. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so then this is appropriate. What Dan is of, both. What kind of life does he lead? Like, well, what what experiences did he have that you that you were able to see? And how are you guys the same or different? Well, Dan's younger too, right? No, no, he's, he's older. older. Okay, by ten months. Okay, okay. So he, he, we were the same. Mm-hmm. We were the same up until our friends were mutual, you know. Okay. Um, but he stood in the wrong path. I see. You know, so he always he was more. I was more of the. I love money. I would never. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. love money too much. Yeah, I couldn't use because i love money more than you know falling prey to a drug or an addiction exactly Mm -hmm. so him it was the opposite you know so he still to this day is stuck in that 
he struggles with, with addiction. that right right i see Ooh, but a different addiction you it know is what a I different mean? Addiction. addiction to money the addiction yes. to drugs or, or what have you wow um are you guys close well you said that you um do you talk to your parents now to your dad or your mom uh my mom my dad recently passed away oh, i'm sorry to hear that and um but no it was it was mostly my mom okay yeah. that you were close to mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and your brother as well we were close <laughs> up until a, right <laughs> we were close up until us until a certain time and beyond that it's like he's just way too moody to you know he's he's gone you know, and yeah. I, I just, I can't, that energy in my life, I really can't, yeah. you know, I, I can't deal with that. There's something fair to say about, like, just because they're your family member doesn't mean you have to keep them around if it's dragging you down. You oh, know yes. I mean? And I think a lot of people, they stay in relationships with their family and not realizing that the family is the one that's dragging them down. Sometimes it's okay to just love them from far away, you know? Exactly. And don't get me wrong, like, I still have a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. It's just that it can only be in bits and pieces. You know, I cannot, like, stay the whole day and, like, hey, let's go have lunch Mm -hmm. or, you know, and spend the day with him. Let's go shopping or what have you because it just, it turns into something else. And and I prefer not to. Yeah, yeah, you Mm want to love him. Right. <laughs> she and and I Dan's a character and he's an outstanding person too, but and we all have our demons and we all have our ways of it, of expressing of mm. expressing them. But as as Chris mentioned, we we work together and my first introduction to Chris it, what gra- what gravitated me to her yeah. was her energy and she laughed a lot. Oh. Well she still laughs a lot, right? Yeah. But there was something so uh bright about her energy, like we would have to go to work early in the morning, like yeah. five thirty, six in the morning. Yeah. And she just had this great outlook on life and very and I didn't know I had no idea what she had been through. When I came back from being on maternity leave, I was I didn't necessarily have the greatest welcome back to back to work yeah i was surrounded by folks who were like trying to say that i wasn't doing my job before i left in the first place and Mm. i was actually trying to look for another job and i applied uh for the ontario police department Mm. and so while i was gone she got to study the dynamics of the workplace yeah and i remember her telling me one day and again this is we didn't know each other well at all yeah and i remember her saying to me like you can't leave like don't leave this place like just because they're doing this that or the other like no you stand your ground and you do this and you do that and <laughs> and they were the words that i needed to hear now mind you i just had a kid yeah. i'm dealing with fucking postpartum depression my mind's all over the place mm-hmm. i don't feel welcome and all i really needed in that moment was to hear somebody say like you're you're good yeah you don't need to do all of that just stay here you'll be fine yeah and that was my initial meeting with her and why i ended up developing a great relationship with her and we mm-hmm. worked together for i think a good 10 years together mm. where and created a work environment that didn't feel like a work uh, we had a, I, i'm saying that for me right on my mm-hmm. behalf like we had a good time we laughed every day we challenged good. each other every day like we had these goals it was just a really really good environment and i had never met anyone like her before mm-hmm. So as I, as I started to get to know her, she started to share her story as she shared, you know, with the time she spent um, serving time. And I think and, and I, I do want to talk about this. There was always a, um, a constant communication about the struggle for money. Right. Mm-hmm. About 
making money, about being the sole providers of our household. You know, she held her family down, not just her and her children, but would have to help her her extended family as well. Like we talked about, like, or even when you come up and you make all this money, like you still got to, it's not even about you. You 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 want to bring everybody else with you, right? Right, right. So I remember one time she had to, you would drive your kids up to Victorville, Mm -hmm. like from Pomona, drive the kids up to Victorville where she had babysitting and Mm -hmm. then drive to Ontario. Mm, To work? To work. I see. That was bananas. And when I saw how devoted she was to working, I'm like, hold on, nobody just does this like that. Yeah. Why does, why is she doing this? Yeah. And so she, (laughs) we, I didn't know, we didn't necessarily run background checks. Uh-huh. back then because you started off as a temp mm-hmm. so when you applied for the job were you ever worried like oh my god they're gonna find out and then they're not gonna hire me i was i was but one thing i i always reiterated yeah. to anybody going through a situation like mine right i never lied mm-hmm. a lot of people say oh just you know just mm-hmm. lie on your they're not gonna know just lie mm-hmm. on your application mm-hmm. never did i lie on my application yeah. now i always had an answer for if they should ask me you know oh okay you marked this here so what's the situation you know yeah so i always had an answer yeah and but i i kept that true always 100 yeah. you know never ever lied. for sure i actually <clears throat> had um one of my sisters had a situation um where she was involved with law enforcement she had something on her record and the same thing she was ready to um get this you know it was a big deal for her um a job and she was telling me like natalie i don't know what to do what if they run my background check and they're gonna find out and i really want this job and i said you know what be honest um you know this is something that you did when you were you know you were younger you were a little more naive you didn't know you know, you didn't know any better, but you're trying to better yourself. And, you know, they can't, they, they won't, they're not going to judge you for it. They got to see you for who you are and know that and know yourself that you are becoming a better person. But they, but see, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think more times than not, Mm -hmm. like you don't even get past the first, the first state if they see that you've been convicted. Now, we, where we work, that wasn't necessarily the case. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And we, that company was one that did like to help, you know, people and communities and, and whatnot. So I could see the, the, you standing by your history, your past, and all that, and I and I remember one of the first times I also met you. You had band aids all over your yes. body. I'm like, what? What is going on with all these band aids? What's with the band aids? <laughs> to cover up her tattoos. Ah, right? I see. And I, I remember see. we had um, what was his name? Um, he was one of our VP of sales. Because once I told her, I was like, just take take them off like it's okay like you don't yeah you got to be who you are and don't worry but that's the constant paranoia that you are being Mm. judged or you are going to get thrown under the bus or something is going to come up and so you protect yourself you shield yourself (sighs) as much as you can because they got that they got one thing ahead of you yeah yeah you don't you want to make sure that you're good and clear and nothing's going to be used against me at all i want this job right Oh, my goodness. But so we would always talk about that, like the Mm -hmm. hustle, like work hard. And we would always talk about the opportunities that both her and I had from Mm -hmm. and me from completely different sources Mm -hmm. on, hey, you want to do this run? Yeah. Do you want to do this? And I would tell her, like, don't do it. Like, we can't you can't do this because you don't want to risk anything. And yeah. And I remember the discussions we would have. You're like, this is hard. The odds are against me. Like, there's no way I'm going to get anything 
mm-hmm. better than this. If I'm making minimum wage, I still got to work three other jobs to try. Because she was, oh, that was constantly, like, on what her on her spirit. Yeah. You know? Um. So, I guess just to confirm or just so that I can get an idea of the timeline. So, you, um, you're trying to cross the border. They catch you. You have a case. Yes. And so then from so so how long after that did you get this job at autos or at your so i when my case when i started my time this was uh i believe march march roughly march of 2001 okay is when i started my case Mm -hmm. did 51 months Mm -hmm. in federal prison okay now from that time, I jumped on a program. Okay. It was boot camp. Okay. Got shipped mm. to Texas. From Texas, uh, did my did my program, mm-hmm. came out, mm-hmm. went to a halfway house. Okay. So you go straight to a halfway house. From there, you start your, okay, you know. Like rehabilitation. Looking for, right. Reintegration. And, right. So then did that. Ended up back in prison because the first thing anybody does yeah. is you, you're you free, you know? Yeah. You want to go out and, and party and, you know, and catch see up. your friends. Yes, exactly. And that's exactly what happened. Now, me, my downfall is alcohol. Mm. Oh, God, I shouldn't have poured you that drink. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, well, now I'm a little a little more responsible. I haven't cut, caught a DUI since I've seen one. was the last time. <laughs> I don't remember. I think it was an old fire. Oh, my God. So, anyhow, so that was my weakness, you know. It was yeah. alcohol. So, the minute I, okay, so in the halfway house, they, they randomly, you know, you have to test Mm-hmm. Do the the breathalyzer mm-hmm. thing or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's random, you know. Mm-hmm. And that day happened to be me. Damn, and they did. So you know, did you really think you weren't gonna get caught? Yes, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So then the there chances. I go. Did did my little six months came back out. <gasps> six months. Yeah, six months. <gasps> and then come out, and the minute I come out, two days later, hey. It's happy hour. No. Yes. Oh man. Okay, but hold on. I want. I do want to. I do want to say something. I understand that your, your choice of, whatever to deal with, what you deal with is alcohol, but it's not though. Meaning, the you. I believe like you go back to drinking or you go back to using or you go back whatever it is because there's there's still something inside of you that has not healed that has not. That makes you feel untouchable or that makes you feel like nothing matters. And that's at the end of the day what drives our addictions. And that's at the end of the day what drives our sorrows and our belief that she's never going to get better. Like, this is just what it's going to be. Do you agree? I agree. Yes, I agree. So do you know what that is? Have you figured that out yet? You know what? I think it's just um, at the time, I want to say maybe relevance Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. It was relevance. What do you mean? I I didn't want I wanted to stay relevant, you oh, know. Okay. It's like everybody's here and doing this and doing that, right? Even though I was at home, yeah. I didn't want to be home. Yeah. Okay. So why was it important for you to remain relevant? Where do you think that comes from? The desire to remain relevant. Honestly, I think in my mind I was gonna go back to doing what I was doing, mm. and 
in the back of it, my struggle was I don't want to do that. So that's how I I used alcohol to like, okay, well, let me at least show my face, right? Mm-hmm. And be around the people I used to be around mm-hmm. and pretend. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you've already, you're done with that. I don't want right. to be this. Right. And I think I needed that. I really needed that. You needed their acceptance. Right. And Well, because where else do you go? Who else do you turn to? Mm. Exactly. You know, like, I get it. This is what you know. This is what you know. I can't find that at home, you know? <sighs> right, So right. for me, it's like, this is all I have. Yeah. So I think that once this second time mm-hmm. around, um, I by that time, I already had my um, probation officer. Okay. Because we have state probation. We don't parole. Federal cases do not parole federal you just Inmates, go. You right. just go. It's more of United States probation officer. Okay. So, you know, at that time he was like, "Oh, what am I gonna do with you?" You know. Yeah. He knew my history. Yeah. So he was like, "Okay, I'm not gonna keep you locked up because it's not gonna help you." Right. So he sent me to Prototypes, which is a, a live-in rehab. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So at the time, I had to wait because there was no beds available. Went, finally got a bed. Mm -hmm. And I really wasn't supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that until we had our first little roundtable discussion because they have to go over my case and what Mm -hmm. have you. Mind you, I'm the only only person there in there for alcohol. Mm. Everybody else is a user. Meth, heroin. Cocaine, rock cocaine, all of that good stuff. So, so is that what you mean by you shouldn't you shouldn't have been there? Was that this is for other types of cases, not your type, not the not drugs, not hard drugs like that? Right. So, okay. this was the violation that I got the second got it, one. Got it, got it. So then, when I would finally found out, like, oh well, why am I even here? I'm, it's yeah. alcohol, like all these crackheads around, you know. Right. And for me, I felt like okay, I shouldn't even be here. So when I found out that. Uh, my probation officer hadn't submitted the paperwork for me to formally be there. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, there goes the, the light switch in my brain. I don't need to be here. F this, you know, I'm yeah. out of here. Yeah. And the first thing I did, I got a pass, mm-hmm. went, and I absconded from that day. Oh. A, wh- a what? Absconded. I don't know what that means. So, like, well, yeah, the, what does that mean? It means you're out. Yeah, that's it. I cannot. It's It's like having a warrant. Oh. So I I left without permission. I see. So, so you yeah. could you could do that. Well, I mean, you, well, you do, did technically well, you yeah. can do whatever you want, but those are the consequences. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So okay, so that's when you left. So, so now I left. Okay. So I okay. left, but I knew I you know once you get to knowing the system and all this good stuff, uh, you know what to expect, what not to expect. Okay. So for the first year, I knew not not to use my social. I wasn't going to... Jesus Christ. Yeah. I had no money. Right. I couldn't work. Right. I couldn't use my social. What year was this? This was in 2005. Okay. So so this is close to you getting the autos. Yes. Yes. Because that was 2006 yes, when Mia was born. a year after... Oh, my God. Was okay. I this is ended up... I said, you know what? It's already been a year. I need to work. You know? Yeah. And that's what I did. I went, you know, uh-huh. applied at all these agencies, and then I ended up at autos. <laughs> But mind you, I still have oh this God. warrant, uh-huh. you know, attached to me. Uh-huh. And now and you're using your social to get this job. Right. Right. So you're risking that. Right. And so for 
for the feds. Mm-hmm. If they don't catch you in three years, mm-hmm. you're good to go. You're done. They ain't, really? They, really? They ain't going to come after you, yes. Oh, wow. It's because I wasn't a high-profile case. Okay. 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 So in three years, I was at that point already because right. it was 2008, and I was pregnant with my daughter, Sadie. Oh, wow. Oh, So shit. literally, I was seven months pregnant, and guess what? Okay, wait. Oh Let's talk gosh. about this because I want to tell you. So by this time, we're really good friends. Yeah. Like, we're really good friends. I'm it's trying 2007. To, yeah. No, I'm, I'm trying to tell, convince her that uh, when, when you were pregnant with um, Sadie, like, give her my middle name. Yeah. Like, this is how tight we were. Yeah. Okay. So we're raising our families together. Like, we're invested in our personal lives and our professional lives. Like, mm-hmm. she's the person I would call if I'm dying and is going to come navigate me back to life yeah. this is that person right yeah, she's down for you she's down for me right and we've done and together we grew a lot professionally where we were at and guided each other it's just it was That's great good. you guys it, had each other's back yes we did and so um i re- i remember she she was pregnant and her coming into work and telling me like hey we gotta talk and i i I don't know if you 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 either told me on the phone or you or you took me outside. I can't I can't remember, but I just remember you telling me like, "Listen, I just got a call from my mom. The marshals were there at the house for me." Oh shit. They're on their way here. Oh so, shit. So so I don't know how to process this right because I know everything. I know her history. I know all okay. of that. And I'm sure she told me multiple times about what she just explained, but I wasn't paying attention or thinking that this was actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay? And here it is presenting itself. And she's like looking at me dead in the face and telling me like, they're going to show up. Uh-huh. Here are the keys to my truck. Here's my purchase. Here's everything that I have. Yeah. Uh, take care of my kids. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And we're at work. Oh, fuck. We're at work. Oh, shit. So all of this I, I are you on track with the same page that that's how it went down yes and and then i go outside and it must it felt like six or seven uh black chargers pulled up oh to wow. our workplace to right in the back parking lot because we were we were already waiting like we knew that that they They're were coming. on their way there yeah so they they all pull up and I'm like still thinking, like, is this really happening right now? Mm-hmm. And she hands everything over to me, and they go over, and she's pregnant. And I remember yeah. telling the the officer that was, I said, she's not going anywhere. Is it really necessary to handcuff her? Yeah, she's pregnant. Yeah. Um, H- I'm sorry. How many months pregnant were you? Seven. Okay. Okay. Seven months pregnant. <sighs> so yes, they come, and um, we were outside. You know, I knew. Yeah. I knew. I You're knew not gonna fight it was going to go down. I was not going to do that. So yeah. my mom was hysterical. She called me at work. I was at work. Oh she my called gosh. me and she's just like, Chris, they're coming. They're coming. I'm like, who's coming? What the hell? Is it the end of the world? What's going yeah. on? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, sure enough, you know, I take her outside so I can let her know, mm-hmm. hey, it's going to go down. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. going to go down. Sure enough, they come the, around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. They come into the parking lot, and they knew I knew, you know? Yeah. So that was it. And they were yeah. pretty nice about it. Yeah. Well, uh, two things before. Uh, rest in peace, Richard Delman. He was one of the owners of the company that we worked for. Uh-huh. Um, good person. Racist as fuck at, at moments. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just... But I remember when um, he came into the office and was looking for her because you guys had this very strange relationship where he he would always like pick your brain about everything. And you you were his Mm -hmm. point of reference for anything Los Angeles related. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling him what (laughs) happened, what happened. 
and he got upset with me. Mm. He said, why didn't you call me mm-hmm. so we could have taken her and removed her from Otto so that they didn't come, so they wouldn't find her. And I was oh. so confused. Oh, he was down. He was down. I was, he hold was on. Ready. I was confused as fuck. Because yeah. I'm like, this is your fault, Ricky. <laughs> I'm like, how is this owner, who I know his history, is right. he's infuriated with oh. me because I didn't call him so that he can come swoop her up and hide her? Yeah. I was so confused. Talk good about man. moment of confusion. He, he was Look a good man. That. Yes. He was. But, what I what I want to know is in in that moment where you're being put into the car, like what's going through your head? Relief. Yeah. I Wait. Was, what? I was actually relieved. I'm I pretty know. sure you were, were. You waiting? Like you were just living like on edge. I'm sure. I was, and I was tired. But mm. you know, had it been a different time, I think that honestly, when I got arrested, being pregnant at seven months mm. destroyed me. Yeah. And I say that because I can do time with my eyes closed. Come on, let's get it over with. I'm, that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. Let me do my time, read, do what I got to do, and that's it. Yeah. But that time around really did it for me. You had it a baby. broke me like nothing on earth could ever break me. Wow. So for me, it was the worst experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know how women who are pregnant mm-hmm. can go through such for me it was torture it was demeaning i felt degraded mm-hmm. and i was in the hospital twice yeah. i was at mdc next to little tokyo mm-hmm. federal mm-hmm. building yeah. metro right here in, in, in la mm-hmm. and i had to get transferred because i had to go back to my original where i caught my case in san diego oh okay so during that time, you know, they gave they give you this little thin little mattress or whatever. But when you're pregnant, you're supposed to get, you know, a little privilege, just right, a little. Right. I kept asking, you know, hey, I'm having pains. I'm having pains. I'm having pains. Oh and I thought I was going to go into labor. Yeah. Ended up twice in the hospital white memorial. So after that, you know, they come. I'm tra- I'm transporting have to go to Victorville Mm because they have an airport out there Mm -hmm. that that the marshals use. Yeah. And, you know, you got to take all these, because they do this all at once. Okay. So it's all of the federal inmates, including males. Oh, wow. From from wherever they're being held. San Bernardino County had had a contract with the feds to hold federal inmates there. So they had a lot of inmates there. Yeah. So when it was time, because they schedule these these air flights, airlifts, you know, yeah. to, to other prisons. Right. Um, they, they wait for that big day, and they take you to Victorville. You go, and you're there all day. From 3 in the morning when they wake you up, you're there all day. Oh, shit. I caught a UTI for everybody in this room here now <laughs> because oh I was in such pain and I didn't end up going to San Diego till about maybe midnight mm. yeah. and even when they made stops to pick up other other inmates yeah. or let them out yeah. um, they still wouldn't let me off to use the restroom Oh my gosh. and I cried I cried I told them that I was going to that's you, you know, urinate on the seat there, and right. they, they really didn't care. So, did you did you ever have this fear that you could potentially like go into labor and like it just nothing was going to be done for you and you were going to end up just 
like giving birth to your own child. Yes. So there was a story that was released today that talks about a woman who was in prison who kept telling the guards, like, I'm going, my water broke, like I'm in labor. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't help her. They her. didn't acknowledge her, nothing. And her baby was born with complications. That baby died in her arms in prison. Oh, wow. my goodness. Wow. So, and, and I, and that's to, to, I bring that up because women in jails, right, and we consider this time an era of reform, 80% of the women who will go to jail this year are mothers, right, including 55,000 women who are pregnant when they are admitted. Mm -hmm. And those numbers are staggering. That's, that's, I don't even know what to say. <sighs> so from the time you get, so you're going back to San Diego, you're seven months pregnant, right? So then what's next? So tell me about your labor, your pregnancy, and how, how does this how does this pregnancy end? So after after I go to San Diego, mm -hmm. I was able to bail myself out. Okay. Yes. So the federal system is is very very different from the state. Okay. So this time around, I was able to bail myself out. They saw I had so many letters of references. Yeah, I remember collecting those. Richard Delman was wow. one of them. The one who got mad at me for not calling. Right. Yeah. right. He was like, I want to talk to her parole officer. Mm -hmm. and Give me she, everyone. Yes. And so, you know, and I had all these letters of reference. So the judge was very, very lenient. Mm -hmm. And he agreed that I did not need to be there. I was not a risk. He yeah. wanted me to have my baby, mm -hmm. you know, oh. home. And yeah. that's what he wanted. He saw that I did have a steady job, and it was almost three years to the day. Yeah. So um, I was able to to do that, and from that point on, I told myself, I get home. Mm -hmm. So literally, from that bus ride to San Diego, mm -hmm. midnight, mm -hmm. I get three hours of sleep, wake me up, and I'm in court the next day, mm -hmm. or that morning. Yeah. And um, I had no sleep. Uh. And... They let me out. My mom didn't even know what, where, how, when. I was literally downtown and didn't even have how to call my mom. Good thing they knew I was going to have court and they were there. They were circling mm. the downtown area and they found me. Right. I was wow. already on the verge of crying, you know, because yeah. I was there by myself and I was pregnant. Yeah. So downtown San Diego is a little shady. You, know? mm. you don't want to be there, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's that type of thing. It's like, right. oh, shoot, you know, and I'm, I'm tough. So mm. I'm like, okay, well. Uh -huh. um, anyhow, so from that point, you know, I get home and the one thing, and this is where I told myself, I will never, ever mm -hmm. let anyone or anything break me. Yeah. And I came home to my son. Mm-hmm. And my son saw me mm. and he started crying. Oh. He didn't believe I was there. Mm. And that's what broke me. And from that point on I said no. I'm going to continue fighting. Yeah, absolutely. As I did. Mm -hmm. Fighting for what? Fighting to prove to myself that it can be done. Yeah. It can it be is. done. Mm -hmm. That what could be done? Anything. Work. My my thing was I wanted to have my case expunged, right? Yeah. But I couldn't do that with my federal case. Yeah. Everything else I was able to mm -hmm. years later. Mm -hmm. But once I, I, I finished my, my probation, mm -hmm. I still have my letter. Mm. Have my letter. Once I finished that, I was like, my heart was set. 
I got to do better. I mm-hmm. got to do better. Something has to become of this. Mm-hmm. And my whole thing was, I always wanted to get a government job. I said, okay. it pays. You know, From I the want gay. the benefits. The, the pension. Like, yeah. Good benefits, right. you know. Yeah. So that was my thing. And sure enough, you know, in 2015, I apply. Okay. I apply. And again, never lied. Of course, how can you? Yeah, you know, no. yeah. you got to get... Uh, Life scan, but you have to go to the Department of Justice and, you know, do your fingerprints. And that shit ain't no joke. You know what I mean? And sure enough, the first time I did my my fingerprints Mm -hmm. and I didn't hear anything. And I was like, oh, shoot. You know, they probably found something, you know, whatever. So then what happened was, for whatever reason, they didn't they didn't do it or it slipped through or whatever. So I had to go again. I said, oh, Oh, shoot, not again. That's torture. It was. It was (sighs) torture for me, you know. Sure enough, I get an email. You're accepted. And I started down here, you know, as an office assistant. Do, is this before or after your record is expunged? No, I have not had my record expunged. Not, not for my federal case. Okay. okay. Well, even even for the for the state cases that I had, mm. um, that came, I want to say, maybe what's about six, seven years ago. Right. So okay. just recently. So I've always had it, you know. Uh-huh. But then after, you know, I was able to say, okay, well, Everything's expunged except for that. And That's again, the federal case. I had I had an answer for that. Okay. But so now, so okay, now you you've achieved what you wanted to achieve, which was to have a government job. You right. expunged certain records. You're good to go. Do you feel like you're at peace now, and you can say like, all right, I achieved my goals, my milestones. Would you say that your life is at peace now? Yes. I still want to expunge my federal case, though. But it's coming. I could. I could. It's just that we can't, well, no, I take it back. We have to get a pardon from the president in mm. order to get our expungement, oh. to try the process. It's a whole application. Oh, wow. And it, like, literally, you have to, it'll ask you there if your credit is bad. Mm. And then they're going to ask, why haven't you cleaned up your credit? And right. like, what am I going to say? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. at the time, I can. It's like, Right. That bad credit, you know. Right, right. What can I say? So all of that takes. It's like a lifestyle change, right. and then slowly making the adjustments and changes, and checking off boxes. Like, okay, right. I can do this now, and then typing it into your application. I am cleaning up my credit by doing this. I am doing right. this. Da, 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 da. Right. Okay. But yes, it does go through that process. So it literally has to get to the president. Mm-hmm. And mind you, at that time, mm-hmm. not a lot of federal cases were being expunged. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and it's too, a like, pardon. It is a pardon, and I imagine you have to go through the entire process of telling your story of why you want this, what you've been through. So, so to yeah. go back to when you started this, when you started making choices that would eventually lead you to where you're at. How old would would you say you were? Um, when you started making those choices, to finally, no, 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 like when you got when to get into that whole selling and not not a good environment. Oh, um, how old were you? I want to say 20, 21, maybe. Okay, so twenty-one. So, what would you what would you tell twenty-one-year-old Chris now? Like, what would you what would you want to tell yourself that you wish you would have heard back then? Well, one thing I won't I won't regret what I went through. Right. I won't. I won't. I I can't take that back. Mm-hmm. And. I can't sit here and lie and say, oh, I wish I had never done that. No, I needed to do that in order to be where I'm at right now. Yeah. So I would probably just, I can't give advice to 21-year-old Chris because 
21 year old Chris was a hardhead. She really was. You know, I was just way too deep into partying, into money, into this, into that. You know, the whole, you know, the gangs and, yeah. you know, all that. So for me, I, I can't, it wouldn't even register. It wouldn't yeah. even go through my head, you know, mm. just to say something now. I, if I can say something to youth, mm-hmm. to the youth, mm-hmm. I would say, think about the mistakes that you are going to make. Yeah. Think about the mistakes that you are going to make and choose whether you want to go with this lifestyle that's going to bring you X, Y, and Z Mm -hmm. or go a better route Yeah, in a different way. Mm -hmm. You can hustle. You can be all that you can be. If you want to continue in this life, Mm -hmm. you have to go through the motions because it's not going to come easy. It really isn't. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I think it goes deeper than that. I had a conversation with a with a, a friend of mine who experienced a lot of violence and a lot of just bad bad decision making and juju within her family, right? Mm-hmm. And we kept talking about how all you know, gun violence did this, gun violence. And I said, you know what? Uh, no, like it's before that. Whatever whatever gets us to where oh gosh, sorry. Whatever gets us to where we're at where we choose gun violence or where we choose addiction, where we choose bad choices. That's the important part. That's the part we really have to look into, right? Mm-hmm. So like I and I imagine I imagine you at twenty one and like you said, like you were hard headed. You were in a zone. You were fixated. You were gonna do this and you didn't care about nothing else but to do this. The question is why? Like what led what led little Chris up to that moment where nothing else mattered and you were zeroed in on that that's what's important and that's why i say like i look at my life choices and i think where did it where did it start for me and what would i have told little ricky that is thinking i gotta live like this because i don't feel enough or i have to make these choices because i don't feel accepted and so i when i ask myself that that's what i would tell myself meaning because i agree with you there's no regrets you 100 percent had to live the path that you had to live because you have an incredible story of endurance that most people would not necessarily survive mm-hmm. meaning the broken part of it like that's not a not an easy feat right but i would go back and i would i would tell myself like you're good like you you are just enough it's all right whatever you're gonna go through you're gonna you're gonna be just fine but you are loved and you you know to be able to recognize yourself so oftentimes I think in, in our culture, in our demographic, we, it's easier to, to say like, okay, I was a product of, of our environment, but, but it's the mental health part, mm-hmm. right? It's the trauma part that we don't necessarily talk about or bring to the table that holds the root cause to our actual healing, yeah. to our actual healing. Like that's, that's kind of a, that's a big thing. But I do, I do want to honor you and everything you've done. I know your children. You've got great kids, and and you know they they know your story, and they know what you've endured. And I think that we always talk about the generations get better along mm-hmm. the way. Yes, mm-hmm. and I think I agree. And I mm-hmm. think that your children, in particular, have been able to see who you are, how you are. You've been unapologetic, and you've been very transparent about everything you've done in your life. And that's, that's been a huge example to them. Yeah, to you know? tell your story. They have to understand, like, oh, you know what? This is what my mom did. Yes. And be, and be proud, you know, most importantly. So. What do you, what would you want to tell your kids that you think that they don't know? Wow. They know everything. I don't tell them 
I don't go into details, mm -hmm. you know, because I have one child mm. who wants to know everything. Mm. Oh, mom, but what? It, but what happened? But what did you do? But oh. what this and how this? And oh my gosh, mom, you were in prison. Your investigative child. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Mm. You know, she's just always intrigued about all mm. of that. You know, mm -hmm. and That's for me. Details. What I do tell them is that I don't want them to lead that life. Mm -hmm. You know, I would hope that they made better choices than I did. Mm -hmm. And I continue to tell them that, reiterate that, you know, they don't, it's not the same. It really isn't. You know, mm -hmm. I think that our generation, and I'm going to reiterate what, what Ricky said, going back to um their generation is getting better. And, yeah. and I agree yeah. with that because yeah. it's not the same. Mm -mm. Right. Everything has changed drastically, you know. Yeah. And for the kids now, they have so much more. And, I, and I'm saying, like, we've already went through what we went through, you know. Mm. I think that my our parents, my parents, um, it was a different time and mm. age for them. Mm. So they didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. For me, I, I think the void of... Mm of maybe love mm -hmm. i didn't have enough of it you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. so for me that void it was filled being mm -hmm. out in the streets yeah. okay question do you know your love language no mm. do you know what what they are what choices you have no okay so there's acts of service so if like you and I live together and I would take out the trash or I would do the bed and I would do <laughs> things for you that you didn't have to do mm -hmm. right so that just make life easier for you, right? Words of affirmation. Telling you, oh my God, you're so beautiful. You're so smart. You're this, that, or the other. And then there's quality time. Mm -hmm. Always wanting to hang out and whatever. Spend time together. And then there's uh, gift giving. So I'm giving you gifts. I'm buying you things. I'm taking you places. I cannot remember the fifth one. Mm, can't remember either. What the hell is the fifth one? So affirmation. Uh, um, quality, quality, quality time. We did quality time. Fuck. Quality time. Acts, of, Acts service, of service, words of affirmation. Fuck, what's the other one? Hold on, I'm pulling it up. What the fuck? But as an example, like my love language is uh, acts physical of touch. Physical touch. Physical <laughs> touch. Because that's the physical least touch. one. That's, that's not mine. <laughs> that's not mine either. That's not mine either. <laughs> but, but words of affirmation. Uh, no, not words of affirmation. For mine, it's acts of service, um, quality time, and words of affirmation. So again, like my partner, if he does the slightest thing, like do laundry right mm -hmm. or take out the trash oh, mm -hmm. you love me like that's how i receive love mm -hmm. how do you think that you out of those five how does someone doing something mean that they actually love you i think quality time mm. yeah it's the little things for me i'm very simple mm -hmm. the little things so that's is what, what you would have wanted from your parents you would have wanted them to spend yes. more quality time yes. with you and that's how you would have received love love from them mm -hmm. yes got it quality time is one for me too it's, it's important mm -hmm. so and and do you think that that's what you've given your kids in abundance like so you know that that's what you wanted from your family yes and so you, you imposed that you made that change in your generational transition yes and mm -hmm. i say that because we always say like oh well i didn't get this growing up right. or i want my kids to have this because i didn't have it growing up yeah and and that is very, very true. And I see that because that is what I do now with my kids. You know, I sit at the table and I have dinner with my kids, you know. Yeah. Mind you, a lot of people don't know a lot about me, you know. Um, they don't know that I do these things. They know, 
you know, the things that I did or what have you, they don't know this side of me. Let because me tell you not the fucked up part about all of this, okay? <laughs> you, how many kids do you have? Seven. Okay, you have seven kids. Mm-hmm. And they age, their age range is from what to what? How old your oldest? 30. Your oldest is 30 and your youngest is? 10. Okay, 10. So those seven, they could all have different love languages mm-hmm. okay yours is quality time so you're thinking in your head like i'm gonna give them quality time because right. that's what i didn't get and it's gonna make it better right. but if their love language is not quality time <laughs> it's not gonna mean a damn thing it's a lose-lose situation right, you're like right. i can't do all this juggling i'm damned if i do i'm damned if, if i, I don't, don't. Right. exactly and, and natalie and i talk about this all the time like we're gonna fuck up our kids no matter what like we do just <laughs> yeah. the very best that we can yeah. at the end of the day but they're gonna be mad at us about for really something that we did. Everything. We missed it. Yeah. Completely missed the Because just my three alone, they all have different love languages. One's quality time, one's words of affirmation, one's gift giving. And I don't like either of them. Like, then I don't practice either of those love right, languages. Right, right. So it becomes a fight. <laughs> but just being aware of it yeah. and then talking about it, yeah. again, that's what, that's what makes our generation, you know, different. Yeah. yeah. That's what makes For it sure. different. For sure. So, closing questions here. Two things. Do you see any positive changes being made right now, given all of our circumstances and how the world is changing and turning and evolving and how we're making the generations better? Do you see any positive changes being made in the justice system right now as far as your experience and seeing everything now? What do you do you think things are happening for the better? Honestly, I don't see a change. Mm-hmm. Mm. No. And I mean that my my time was different that was yeah. a while ago but there has been change mm-hmm. um and i go back to um the only thing that i've seen mm-hmm. or heard of was mm-hmm. when obama was in office mm-hmm. where he went into the federal system mm-hmm. and he toured he he visited and he wanted to make that change now mm-hmm. for me that's the only time i've ever really like Focused and seen, right? That well, Trump did a lot for prison reform. Exactly, he did a lot for prison reform. Ironically, he did. did. But for me, I think that some. I think that it was more. How can I say it? Convenience. That's how I saw it. Okay. That's how I saw it. I don't think it was genuine. But convenience for the systems. For their well, well, I, part or? I'll, I'll say this: when Trump was on the whole reform thing, like mm-hmm. he was, he was pardoning his own people. He, he that, pardoned yeah, people left and right, you know. Yeah, but that was his own I people. See. I think that more was, than any other president, actually. Yes, but right. Yes. Okay, I understand. So for me, that's what I mean by convenience. Now, I mean, there has been change. Yes, and I, I can't go back to you know when I was in there because it was just way different. You mm-hmm. know now. It's somewhat better. Yeah. Um, but I think it needs a lot more. So yeah. I think, I don't think it's ever going to necessarily change. And one of the things that Bartley just brought up is the monetization of the criminal justice system, right? Like mm. there's too much money to be made that's being oh, yes. made mm-hmm. off of our mm-hmm. prison system that mm-hmm. there's there's no change that's going to like really significant. There's nothing demanding that. What has changed though, what I will say this is just the awareness. You have mm-hmm. all kinds of, now that we have social media, right? 
all kinds of things being blasted, you know, from the, the books that we're reading to the movies that we're watching to the mm-hmm. conversations that people are having just in pop culture alone. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, some some inmates having you know tiktoks tiktok accounts like it's just coming up right but all of those things um one of my favorite books that i read was uh, orange is the new black Mm -hmm. that book that was written and then they had a netflix series Mm -hmm. and it exposed a lot about Mm -hmm. women in prison about the injustices within so i think that more than anything because again i don't think i don't think that our social awareness as much as it's been popularized now or we have access to that it's never gonna trump yeah. the monetization part mm-hmm. it's, it's just not gonna happen yeah it's i profiting mean profiting why why uh, are we gonna fix something that's not quote yeah. broken yeah exactly no. i mean they're making what a dollar an hour mm-hmm. for all the oh it's ridiculous yeah mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so they're it's never gonna end i mean that that's always gonna be yeah. revolving Continuous. i think it's like sixty six thousand dollars a year to house an inmate, and they were talking about the comparisons of, of going to college and being able to open resources like that. It's it's a whole yeah. very carefully orchestrated system that is working for people, yeah. and not but not the right ones. Right, right. So, last question for you. Yes. What is your future like? Mm, that's a good question. Ooh. What well, is Christine doing? Five years, ten years, twenty years? What do you got going on, girl? I don't know. I'm always, you know, I, I, I get bored. Yeah. I really do. I yeah. get bored and I have to like switch it up for myself. Okay. My expectation, I would love to work with the Dodgers. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's been my okay, dream girl. job. We talked about like, this. We talked about that, this. You know, mm-hmm. I said it could be anything. There was a point where mm-hmm. we wanted to be the next Pam Oliver. Pam Oliver. I, yeah. I literally, I yes. I will be there right next to you, yeah. chewing you, whatever it this was. This wanted to be a know? photographer, okay? Yes. She wanted to be but a photographer no, on no, a basketball no, court. No, yeah. no, no, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> we, won't, we won't go into that one. Yeah, that one's a bit. Oh, my no. God. But, yeah, you always talked about, see, but see, anything. Wanted to get is, the right angle. Yeah, you know? yeah, get it right. Up close and, you know. Impersonal to the sweatiness. But, listen, that's a, do it. This our sound guy we were talking about earlier is is applying to the to the Dodgers, you know, and anything is possible. Uh, yeah, There's no reason why you shouldn't. Well, five ten years. I don't know, oh gosh. Because I even mean, if you go to the Dodgers, like, okay, are you gonna get bored working there? No, that's my dream job. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's my dream job. Okay, but like what exactly? I would, like if I you would could do leave, any job there. I would leave my county job. Leave that pension? To smell onions all day. That's how, that's how, like that is just the ultimate dream there, you know? Like, okay, this man is drunk and belligerent, onion breath here and there, but that's You're happily. My, yes, you know, but. Who knows? Okay, but why are the Dodgers so important to you? I love the Dodgers. Why? Because you they're know my, I, they're my team. I grew up like my whole family are Dodger fans. Right. So yeah. you know when you grow grow up in that environment, yeah. it's like I it's can't. I could be there. Yes, the I could be there every day, every day, and not get bored. You yeah. know. Wait a minute. Nice. Okay, so it goes back to like your like you said, your family. They're all Dodger fans, and you relate your family, and that's quality time for you, right? That's yes. how you. That's how you accepted love into your life by watching. Dodger games with your family, and that's what that represents. Mm. Full circle now. Now I understand. Mm-hmm. We got to get you that job mm-hmm. with the Dodgers. Hey. Uh, 
Dodgers will be very yeah. I need a job. Put it out there in the hey. universe. Anything can happen. I think it's, you know it'll come. It'll come. What if they ask yeah. you to heavy lift things though? Because you're Ooh. you know you're heavy lifting. I don't know. It's not that great anymore. Mm. I'm good at convincing people to help me. Yeah. So that's <laughs> a plus. You it's are resourceful. You're resourceful. Okay. Make yeah, that's work. a plus. Yes. Insane. Sometimes we gotta fake it till we make it. Well, there you go with this box. <laughs> All yes. right, y'all. Any closing thoughts? I do just want to say I'm really proud of you. And and I've always been a fan of, of everything that you've done and how you've progressed in your highs and in your lows. I've always admired your willingness to always have a good attitude about it, you know, mm-hmm. and always laugh about something and always enjoy that moment for what it is. I've met a lot of people in my lifetime, but never, ever, 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 and I say this hands down, have I ever met anyone with your uh, rambunctiousness and your laughter and your desire to to just live in that moment, you know? It's, yes. And I admire that, and I admire you, and I've always been a fan, and I've always been supportive of whatever you, you've needed. you got a great story. I appreciate that. Yeah. All of Thank it's you really guys. beautiful. It was really nice meeting you. Thank, Thank you, you for sharing your story with us here. Thank it's you really for appreciate having it. me. Thank so, you. And with that, that's a wrap. Increase the peace, y'all. Bye. Bye. Meow. Thank you to everyone who joined us this week. I am Ricky Limota, and I'm joined by the beautiful Natalie Mota. And we're live from Rose City Sound Studio in the beautiful Inland Empire. Shouts out to Big Brother Jake for all of the love and support. Today's episode was produced by the infamous Juice Box Bartley. We are on this frequency. Make sure to share us, like us. We drop a new episode every Wednesday. Wherever you listen to podcasts, that's where you'll find us. Make sure if you have any questions, you got topics you want to talk about, Hit us up, email us on this frequency at gmail.com. Support the movement, drop it like it's hot. See you later, y'all. Meow, 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 meow. Fucking shit fall. I do.